Welcome to this Niche AudioCast. My name is Will Patch. I'm the Senior Enrollment Insights Leader here at Niche. Today you're going to hear a webinar that's been converted to a podcast so you can listen on the go. You can find all the resources that are mentioned, as well as the original recording, on the Enrollment Insights blog, which you can find at niche.bz insights. Enjoy! All right. We're going to start off here uh, with some housekeeping items. Always come up in the questions. Uh, yes, this is being recorded. I will be sending out the link either later this evening or tomorrow, uh, so you'll have that. Uh, in that, there will also be a recording if you want to listen or share the podcast version. You can listen to that or find it in the Enrollment Insights podcast feed uh, in whatever your favorite podcast app is. Uh, if you want to see all the results from this uh, survey that we're talking about today, you can go to niche.bz research, find that, all of our other surveys and research there as well. Uh, you can get all of those if you want to see the recording later, any other resources, it's on the blog, uh, niche.bz slash insights. We'll get to you to anything and everything. Mentioned it earlier, but for people rolling in still, if you want to drop questions in throughout, should be usually loads on the right-hand side. I'm not going to say always, uh, but you should have that box from GoToWebinar. Drop your questions in, and I'll get to those at the end here. After the webinar, so after you close out here, it'll just be a quick three-question survey. Um, just talking about your planning for next year, uh, how this may factor in. Uh, I'm going to share the results of those anonymously, of course, uh, with the, with the follow-up email. So you'll have all of that uh, as you go forward. All right, let's dive into the actual survey itself. Um, again, if you want to see the full results, if you haven't already, you can access them here on the left-hand side. Um, we had just over 5,100 results. Uh, for niche instant insights, these are our very short surveys, usually one to two weeks, just trying to get that snapshot in time of what's going on. Uh, so in this case, we wanted that snapshot of how do multiple audiences engage with campus visits, high school visits, fairs, virtual events, how are they really taking part? Uh, so in this case, we're looking at, there was full results anyway, look at high school freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, non-traditional students, two-year perspective, four-year perspective, uh, and then parents of high school students as well. Trying to get their full feel for what is the, what's the search looking like in terms of these traditional activities. Really today we're going to focus on two areas though, as they pertain to both high school and transfer students. Uh, we're going to focus on the experiences that matter most on campus visit, so if they're coming to campus, um, and then those traditional travel season activities of high school visits. Um, you know, you run around all the time, you want to make sure that they're actually working, you're actually connecting with students in a meaningful way. A lot more detail in the full results for non-traditional students and parents, as well as virtual events, college fairs, all that. Just really try to keep it tight here. My goal today uh, is to share some of these results, talk for about 20-ish minutes, and then dive into questions. We had a lot of questions come in in advance. We usually have quite a few during the event as well. I don't want you to have to sit here and listen to me talk for 40 or 50 minutes, so let's dive into to what really can help you. All right, getting started, I want to start us off on the campus visit. Students are actually coming to campus, learn more about you. A couple big takeaways, they want more time with current students, less one-on-one -on -one time. What does that mean here? First off, I want to talk about who hasn't visited yet. So before we dive into the actual visit experience, we've seen this rise in our surveys over the past few years, of more and more students saying that they're enrolling with college, enrolling in college, without ever having visited a campus at all. Not necessarily even that campus, but any campus. And at this point, 21% of high school students say that they haven't visited a college campus. 
overwhelmingly, uh, you know, that's true for every audience. The major issue that they said was a lack of resources to visit. You know, 58% said that they lacked the money, time, or transportation uh, to visit any campuses. A lot of students said that they felt it was too early. Uh, obviously, that increases as the student gets younger. So for them, 62% of freshmen and sophomores said that it felt too early. I get that. I don't really disagree with them for a lot of cases there. 31% uh, of juniors said it felt too early. But here we are in January when the survey was done. 8% of seniors said that it felt too early to visit a college. Um, that's really interesting. Uh, you know, if you're working in admissions, you tend to think of fall, winter being sort of your key travel time, uh, key visit times for students, right? You want them on campus as they're making those decisions, where to apply, all that. And that's not really the same mindset that some of these students have. Uh, we see there, if you go down the list, 19% saying that they're waiting to decide where they're going to enroll before visiting. So they're making their decision before ever setting foot on campus. Students waiting for that acceptance. You know, I get that, especially if it's further away, it's going to be time, it's going to be cost. You know, I want to make sure I'm actually going to be able to enroll. And so I want to see if I've actually been accepted. And that makes sense. I think a lot of that is tied to the next one. They're waiting to see financial aid too. They want to see, you know, what am I going to actually get? Is it going to be affordable? And then I can go and fall in love with it. You know, you don't necessarily want to get your hopes up if it's not going to be an option for you. Um, the interesting one to me there too is that last one, 11% of students saying that they don't feel, this is of students who haven't visited yet, 11% saying it doesn't feel necessary to visit a campus prior to enrolling. They just don't see the point. And maybe that's, they, you know, they just feel like they know what they're doing already or, well, I'm just going to go to the closest one, you know, things like that. Uh, or it could also be that they feel like they can get enough information just looking online, reading about it, you know, taking all these virtual experiences, seeing the pictures, talking to other students, and they don't feel the need to actually, uh, to actually get on campus. So uh, this is a quote from one student that I think kind of highlights a few of these things together. Uh, they said, if I had gas money to do so, I'd visit the California universities I'm applying to. Right now though, time doesn't seem right. So it's a timing issue. And to be completely honest, I don't feel it necessary to visit campuses they may not go to. I get that, you know, they're waiting to see their financial aid, their acceptance, things like that. So they don't wanna get their hopes up if it's not gonna be an option. Uh, some of these important experiences uh, for what they want to actually do once they get on campus. And what's interesting, the top five things for high school students were the top, same top five things across every audience that we talked about. The order switches up a little bit, but these top five were all the same. So they want to talk to current students. That was the number one thing. They want to see academic buildings. They want to actually see where they would be in class. Uh, they want opportunities to ask questions. And that doesn't have to be in a dedicated time to ask questions, but they want to be able to feel free to have that back and forth, to learn more. Uh, they want to be able to see the residence halls. If they're going to be living on campus, they want to see that. They want to be able to go on. Can I picture myself here? What sort of a setup is it? Is this a place I can be comfortable? Things like that. And they want to hear from admissions offices. Now, what's interesting there, that is slightly different because we also said less than 20% said that they wanted to be able to try the food. That's important to them. And they want to have these one-on-one -on -one meetings. I think a lot of times you hear from the, well, I want to talk to an admissions counselor, and we think, oh, okay, well, let's sit you down one-on-one. -on -one. 
but less than 20% of students said they'd be comfortable with that. That's not the way they wanted to have that conversation. So maybe it's in a panel setting. Maybe it's several students in a small group. Maybe it's just as you're walking building to building, just that opportunity to meet and walk and talk. But they said they didn't necessarily want to have to have that force sit down. Hey, what questions do you have? Hey, here's, here's our spiel. That was really interesting because in my mind from years of doing that, that was sort of that key experience. I love getting to sit down and talk to students one-on-one, -on -one, but there were a lot of times where you know, the student didn't necessarily uh, want to be all that talkative. And that's probably making it a, a less positive experience for them. They're feeling uncomfortable. Um, it's also interesting to me, I've, I've probably talked about this too much at this point. I'm doing a secret shopping project. I'm almost done with it at this point. It's amazing to me the number of times where someone was talking about their visit program and they really highlight that you get to eat on campus. But that's not a priority. It's not that selling point to students though. Um, I, that was really interesting to me. I think that that's, that's that mismatch of what we think is exciting from the office side and what students necessarily say is something they want to experience on the visit. Uh, half of high school students said that they visited a college through admissions. Uh, you know, we want to know though, because we know there's other ways students are getting on campus, want to capture what those others are. 7% said they visited through arts or athletics, 22% said they went on their own. So they didn't set up anything officially through anyone at the university, but they were visiting. Maybe that's with a program that gets them on campus. Maybe it was they dropped by because they're in the area. Um, there's a lot of possibilities within that 22%, but that's, that's these people where we aren't having that conversation you know, admissions counselors, they aren't getting that official opportunity. Okay, how are we reaching these students with that same information? Do we have self-guided tour opportunities? Do you have QR codes for information around campus? That's where we have to get a little bit creative and think, how are these students going to be able to get that same type of information? We know it can't be the same. We know it won't be as in-depth, but how can they still learn more about becoming a student if they're not setting up a visit through arts, athletics, admissions. Um, when we asked them specifically, this is a nice visual representation. Uh, I gave you some of those. We saw that big drop off there, you know, 49% saying they want to hear from missions. They want to talk to faculty. They want to talk to staff. Sure. But the things that they were much less interested in, meeting with prospective students, that was an interesting one. Uh, sitting in on, on a class, not a big deal for them, eating on campus, having these one-on-one -on -one meetings. I think this is interesting. I, I'm really a proponent of a buffet style of visit where you let the student choose what they want to experience. And that way you're meeting the expectations of whether it's a sophomore just coming on campus to kind of kick the tires and see what it's like, or you have that senior who's coming back for their second visit. You know, you can take a look and let them choose what they want to experience. You know, some of them might not know what they even want to ask, what they want to experience. They just want to get on campus and have that opportunity to walk around. Others may come in and say, I, I need to talk to a faculty member. I want to sit down in a class. I'm down to these few things that differentiate campuses. Uh, when we talk about transfer students, this was a whole other situation. Uh, what was interesting here is they were the only audience who were more likely to visit on their own and not take an official visit. So 31% of transfer students said they visited through admissions very small percent said that they actually went through arts, athletics, other groups. Uh, and then 39% said that they visited campus without any official capacity. That was interesting because these are the students who are probably, in my mind here, visiting friends. 
kind of, they, you know, they've gone through the search process once. They want to see what it's like at this campus. So they're walking around, talking to friends, seeing campus. Again, how are you giving the, that, that opportunity to learn more about the processes, even if they never talk to someone from your office? I think there's ways to do it with, you know, either brochures out and visible locations, uh, you know, links to web pages, QR codes around campus. There's lots of ways you can do it that kind of work with your audience, work with your style. Um, but, you know, we have to be able to accept the fact that we're not going to completely control that passage of information. You're not going to be able to talk to every single person that comes around. For transfer students, there was only one experience that married to more than half of them, and that was that they wanted to talk to current students on their visit. Uh, they didn't necessarily want to do all these other things. Uh, for them, I think the ones that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who works with transfer students, sitting out in class, eating on campus were much less important to them. Very, very small number there uh, because they've done that already, right? They've been in a class. They've eaten in a dining hall. Not really something that's going to be the main thing for them. Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I have some bonus material for you. Uh, you know, parents, I say, should really be included in, st in student recruitment. They're critical to this process. And while, yes, maybe you don't always have direct access to them or don't think you have direct access to them, you need to make sure to think about them in these visit experiences. 50% of parents said they expected information tailored to them during a college visit. And another 37% prefer there to be. I really want to focus on those, those word differences there. I'll, I'll break it down here. If you're, if you're sitting in this webinar right now, you may have come in and had these expectations. Here is what I really want to make sure he covers. Will's got to talk about these things. Uh, I'd really also like to learn about these others, but I expect this one thing. That's what parents are saying here. They expect there to be information tailored to them as a parent, whether that's a session, materials, just conversations that really speak to their experiences, their needs. I know 37% want there to be, but how many times do you see a campus visit where someone is specifically offering these parent sessions, whether it's a group visit, individual visit? Um, so really want to use that as a call to action to start trying some of those yet this spring even, I think. You have an opportunity here in the next few months to really speak to parents. So how can this affect your planning today? Uh, number one here, we heard it from everybody. Number one thing, use current students more often. Don't just do these panels. Don't just use them for tours. Uh, I mean, there's lots of opportunities to work them in, whether it's eating lunch with students and families, doing sort of a walk and talk if the students are taking um, the, the families from one event to the other, off to speak to a faculty member. Do you have someone who's a major in that area to walk them there? Talk to them, you know, just one-on-one -on -one about, hey, we're walking there, do you have any questions? Here's what I really love uh, about, about the major, about research opportunities. You know, do you have other places for these contacts to happen? Uh, offer these one-on-one -on -one meetings, let students and parents sign up for them, but don't make it mandatory because so few of them said that's something they wanted. You know, there are students who definitely want that, definitely need that, but don't also force the ones who aren't ready for that yet to, to go into that. And then be okay too at the end of the day if you say, hey, you want to just sit down, let's grab a coffee, tea, just sit down in these chairs over here and just make sure all of your questions, uh, you know, that's something I think is really important, being able to be flexible with that. Uh, make sure your tours aren't just pointing out the academic and residential buildings. That's something that matters to them. 
the students, parents, transfer students, everyone, they want to see these. Don't just walk by and point to them. I've been amazed at the parents and students who said that as they're on tour, basically all the tour guide does is point out the academic buildings and talk about alumni and things like that, rather than go in, show them the study spaces, show them where they'll be collaborating with faculty members, show them what a classroom looks like. Uh, they want to be able to see these. How do we engage with the buildings? A building's just not there to look good in a picture. It's there to be used. It's used for, for all sorts of things. So be sure to show that in your tour. Uh, and then think about, does the visit need to be this rigid thing? You know, is it, well, we really want students to all experience these few things on a visit? Or is it really, I mean, we need to think of it like a test drive, where students are coming in, parents are coming in, and they know what they want to experience, they know what they want to do, and let them kind of pick and choose. I mean, if you and I are looking at the same car, there's going to be different things that matter to us. I think that same thing applies to college. It's not this cookie cutter, one size fits all. Let them choose the experiences. Uh, and then definitely include parents throughout. Speak to them directly. Don't just, hey, mom and dad, any other questions? Okay, what do you provide them in terms of how parents are supported, how you're going to support their kids, make sure they're thriving because they care about that. Uh, second part here, is travel still effective? Um, and, and my short answer here, if it's targeted and the cost is managed, maybe. Uh, when we asked the high school students, and this is high school students only because this is looking at uh, the visits to a high school, only 52% of all high school students and 60% of seniors reported that they met with at least one admissions counselor who came to their high school. Uh, so that's lower than I would have guessed, I suppose. Uh, since these are all students actively looking for college, uh, these are students who said that they are in the middle of their college search, they are going through this. Uh, it's not just a poll of anybody and everybody. I know seniors are the biggest priority during fall travel. You know, we see that seniors are more likely to engage with these recruiting activities, which makes sense, right? The numbers are still low, though. Uh, so when we look at the number of students participating, those who met with someone at their high school from a college, 28% of all students, 31% of seniors. Uh, presentation at the high school, so more of a setting where someone comes in, goes through some slides, talks to a large group, 26 and 28%. The dreaded lunch visit, uh, I think we, any of us who have been on the road for any amount of time have all the lunch visit horror stories, 14% of all students and 15% of seniors, so almost no change there. Uh, those are all very, very low numbers. Uh, there is a secondary question where we asked, okay, you've done these things. If you had a particularly good experience, would it make you more interested? Or if you had a particularly bad experience, would it make you less experience, less interested? And I, I was shocked at how low those were. If you're having that small group meeting with a counselor, only 11% said it would change their feelings about that, that college. 8% said if it was in a presenta presentation, it would. Only 3% of students who had a lunch visit said they would change their feelings about attending that college. That's that's incredibly low. Uh, college fairs definitely fared better. Uh, you know, students can try out more colleges, see more colleges. 58% said that they took advantage of that. 60% of seniors, um, and then still only 27% said that it would actually change the way they felt about college. Very low. Uh, one of the things that I I checked right away because my thought was, well, okay, maybe it's working for some types of students and not others. These traditional activities were no more likely to affect underserved students. And what I mean by underserved, I looked at low-income, first-generation, rural students, 
and students from underrepresented minority groups. They were all only very slightly more likely to say that it would sway their feelings, but not significantly so, not enough to say that it did make a difference. They were also no more likely to take advantage of these opportunities. They were not more likely to say that they met with a counselor, went to a lunch visit, went to a college fair. So who are they serving then? You know, why are students actually meeting? I hope that's your next question because that's my next slide. Uh, so why did students actually meet with college admissions reps who came to their high school? The number one reason was to learn about college they were already interested in. It wasn't discovery. It was to just hear more, show they're interested. Maybe it was to learn about specific programs at that college. Um, only about half said they wanted to learn about college they didn't already know about. Um, a little less than that, colleges that were recommended to me, specifically worded as recommended by your school counselor, by an IEC, things like that. Um, demonstrating interest, lower there, talk to counselors who are In this one, I'm glad I, I gave a few other options. Less than 5% of students said that they were visiting to get out of class. That was a hopeful sign. I was hoping that one wouldn't be really high, uh, and thankfully it was not. Uh, but again, these are students who are actively looking for college not necessarily the general general population. So is it worth it to spill, still spend, I, I used to spend 12 weeks of the fall out on the road, another two to three weeks in the spring. I, I decided to look it up with the Euro, US Bureau of Labor Statistics since 2019, so pre-pandemic travel season, rental car prices have gone up 43%, flights up 16%, hotel stays up 3%, and then we keep hearing about high staff turnover, constantly having to hire, constantly having to onboard. How does all that affect your office coverage? And then my big question, how many of you have had your travel and recruiting budgets increased? How many of you are getting more money for travel now? How many of you are getting more money to recruit? From what I'm hearing, not a lot. Uh, so that's something to really consider. Where is it worthwhile still? I think you have to ask, are there high schools, are there regions, are there activities that just aren't worth it anymore? Like you see these numbers on lunch visits. Maybe you just have a policy of lunch visits aren't worth it. We need to rethink that. We need to come up with a different way. If a, a high school only offers lunch visits, sorry, we can meet with the, the counselor, but it's not worth all that travel cost. Um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be the case that everyone has to sit down, really evaluate what is worthwhile, what is cost effective. Because if it's not bringing new students in, and it's really just talking to someone who's already applied, there's there's definitely more cost-effective ways to do that than renting a car, driving all over the place, staying in a hotel. All right, we had quite a few submitted questions. We're going to get to those first here. Uh, we had a couple questions come in already. If you want to drop those into the chat box on the right, I'll get to those at the end here. So starting off here first, how can high school counselors best provide opportunities for students in light of the survey? I really like this question. So I actually had a couple thoughts of my own. Uh, and then I went to, um, to Bo, who's our school counselor here. Uh, she worked in, in high schools in Texas uh, and get her take on, on what her thoughts were. I think we're, we're very well aligned with the first bit here that for when, stu when uh, students are dealing with visits to high school, help them prepare in advance. Make sure that students who are going to be meeting with colleges have an idea of what they want to get out of it. So they have that expectation of, I'm going to end this visit with a college. Here's the five things I need to learn. Here's the three things I want to really make sure I get answered. So they have that expectation. It's not just passively listening and taking in information. Um, she had a really interesting answer here that she had had success 
bringing several reps in at a time. And so you'd have just a, a block of time where you'd have multiple colleges. You get to bring in a lot of students then to see other colleges. So they might be there to speak to one college, but they get to learn about two or three. Said what she saw then was colleges that students wouldn't have signed up to talk to, were exposed to them, wind up learning more, getting interested, applying. Uh, it was a good way. I asked her, uh, you know, what did the colleges think of that? So at first they were a little hesitant, but it wound up doing really, really good. Um, they they liked that that approach, uh, lumping some big colleges, some smaller colleges. Uh, she also had success with having these major based meetings. So maybe she used the example of an engineering day and having multiple colleges come in and talk about their engineering programs. And that's one way that's really targeted to what those students want. You're having students exposed to colleges they might not have heard of, might not normally go to, uh, and getting to learn more, and then piquing their interest to apply to enroll. Um, that's something that's really, she said that colleges who brought students also were doing a little bit better of engaging with students. I know it's not something that's feasible for everybody, but in your local area, that might be an option. Uh, and then encouraging campus visits. So when you're having students go out on those campus visits, giving them cheat sheets of, here's what you wanna make sure you get answered. Here's how you can really help see yourself there. All things that counselors can do. School counselors, I don't know how many are on the call right now. You're spread thin enough already. You know, you're doing the hard work already. So I think a few small things like this can really help students and hopefully not put a lot more on your plate. That's the goal. Uh, how do socioeconomic differences of students affect the results? Uh, I touched on this a little bit already, but surprisingly, it did not make much of a difference in the traditional recruiting practices. Uh, that's something that I, I wasn't expecting. Uh, and I like being wrong because it means I get to learn something. Uh, what we did see though was in virtual events. Uh, virtual events were more likely to sway the interest of traditionally underserved students. So again, low income, uh, first generation, rural students and traditionally um, underrepresented minority groups were more likely to say that virtual uh, was swaying their interest. Uh, knowing now that travel activities, high school visits, college fairs were less influential, what strategies or investments should admission offices drive? My advice here, and this is again broad because I don't, I don't get to see inside everyone's offices and see what's working, what's not, keep investing in the fairs and the visits that you're seeing success with that are bringing in new interest, that are bringing in new students. If you're going, you're meeting with 20 students and none of them apply who weren't already interested. Okay, yes, that may have been a nice visit. It was a feel-good visit. Is that worth the cost of going there though? Uh, keep building relationships with counselors. That is absolutely key. Get to know those counselors, build those advocates, make sure you're helping support them as well. Uh, in terms of optimizing your budget, focus on recruiting students where they're already active. So for example here, half of college bound students are already active in researching colleges on niche. So we're seeing why, why people are coming here to recruit their students. Uh, use targeted digital marketing and remarketing campaigns to engage students and parents. Having these targeted virtual events, maybe it's around a specific question that you see a lot, a specific pain point. Uh, maybe it's around a major, an activity, things like that. Uh, you know, these are the things that can really make better use of your budgets and your time uh, than just spending 12 weeks on the road visiting every high school in a certain territory. Uh, this was a comment and, and I actually had some good responses on, on LinkedIn as well. Uh, we're a small private. I rarely see students uh, sign up to meet with me in counseling office. 
because we're a niche art and design college, we find it more effective to get in the classroom. I love that idea. Uh, that's something if you have those times where either you're sending faculty, you're sending admissions counselors out to the classroom. Um, in the past, I've done things like, I don't know if it's nationwide, honestly, but JAG or AVID, uh, where you're getting in front of these students who are working on their college-bound skills, um, getting in front of them that way can be effective. But absolutely, if you're not seeing success in the lunchrooms and the conference rooms, look for other ways that you can support the school and support your own goals. Uh, the study indicated 39% of four-year transfers attended a college fair. Were these virtual fairs only, or did students find availability at a fair at a community college? Other than community college, were it in-person transfer fairs? I, I don't I don't have a list of all these, so I will give the, the rough answer here. I'm assuming a lot of these are going to be virtual, uh, or they're joining their friends at local community colleges. They're considering transfer visit days uh, as a fair based upon the setup. Um, so I dug into who these students were. Uh, quite a few are from California. So if anyone from California is here, you can say, oh yeah, we do these regional transfer fairs. That would be good. Uh, my guess is they're taking advantage of virtual opportunities and events. Um, what was also interesting, there was a large number of students who were international students who were at four-year schools and were looking to transfer. My guess is they're using some of these international uh, events, these virtual events for international students, things like that, to explore their transfer pathways. Uh, so that's that was interesting. <clears throat> Sorry, I need a little tea break for my voice there. Um, did family members, students, or non-traditional students mention a preferred method of out outreach? Uh, this wasn't covered in the survey. Uh, it was really outside the topic of these traditional visits, uh, but this actually came up several times in the questions. Uh, this is covered in other surveys, so I wanted to go ahead and, and answer this one. Um, for high school students, when we ask what channels are influential, email, still absolutely number one. A letter, and letters are not the same as a postcard, a view book, things like that. A letter is, I'm writing out a note. You know, I'm doing something very relevant to what the student wants. Uh, view books, video chats, text messages, postcards, and then phone call. Phone call was the only one that more students said it's not influential than said it was. Uh, so I know some people think that you need to be calling students all the time. Unless they say they want to, not sure how relevant that's going to be for them. The bigger problem, though, is that 27% of students said that all colleges look and sound alike. So more than a quarter of students said all colleges look and sound alike, and 9%, and only 9% said they were receiving very personalized and relevant information. I want to hit that again. As you're sending out these this comm flow to students, 27% said it looks and sounds the same as everybody else's, and only 9% said they're they're receiving very relevant information. So speaking to their major, speaking to their interests, speaking to who they are and their stage, where they're at, that's a problem. Well, that, that should be 90%, not 9%. Uh, so that's something I really want to focus on. I'm going to keep harping on. Um, I mean, this, this is something that we can all do better on. Uh, for the parent side, this is from our fall parent survey, uh, so just a few months ago. 52% um, said that video chats were their, their uh, meaning, most meaningful communication channel. That was interesting to me. That's a big shift from the student side. And then email, view book, letter, a parent community or online group, phone calls, text messages, and then postcards. Postcards are very low on both, both lists, and yet I get so many postcards, secret shopping. They're cheap, they're easy, but they rarely say much of anything. 
Uh, so that's something that I think we can we can kind of phase out a little bit or at least pull back how they're used. All right, we've got some questions in already. If you want to go through, um, you can go ahead and, and drop more questions in there. Uh, if you haven't seen the full results, I have the link and the QR code there for that. Uh, if you want to reach out to me personally after, you've got my email address there. Um, first question here, what time of year was the study conducted? This was in January. So this was, I forget the exact dates off the top of my head, uh, but middle of January. So that's just a very short window of time. Uh, getting that snapshot, I wanted to get after all the fall fall travel season, uh, but then kind of see where our students are at. Uh, if 50% of parents expect visit information to be tailored to them, uh, did you ask as part of the survey what types of things that it, that they expect to be addressed? Not in this survey, uh, because we had asked, now we asked about what experiences they want, uh, and those are all in the full results here, uh, but if you want to see exactly what information they want uh, from colleges and more broadly, uh, you can get that in our parent survey. Uh, but yes, in this one, we did ask uh, the the same question that we did have students of what experiences they want to have. Um, so that's something, yep, you'll find if you go to the full results here, uh, all of those sort of detailed out for parents. Um, yeah, so we asked questions. The question here is about transfer students specifically from community colleges. We phrased it as two-year because that can be community or technical colleges. Uh, so yes, we did uh, ask about those. We have all those results in the full uh, in the full results there. Um, do we do surveys to get guidance for content presented and printed recruitment pieces? Absolutely do. Uh, that would be our fall survey, our upcoming spring survey. We ask what students want to hear about from the Comflows. Um, that's something that that we hear yeah there there's the big things they want are the relevance pieces they want to know about their major they want to know about financial aid they want to know about uh the things that really speak to what they said they were interested in uh that's the big thing there uh how do we mitigate risk of letting minors choose their own adventure we'd love to allow them to customize their experience and explore but what about when they don't manage their time or are missing when the bus leaves uh, that's not really what, what I usually see is a choose your own visit. So when the students are scheduling, they go ahead and sign up for what they want. They get their personalized schedule uh, and then they're guided through. So admissions counselor or a student takes them from event, meeting, panel, whatever to event. Uh, it's not really a uh, have the students come and, and say, hey, good luck and explore campus. Uh, we'll make sure that they still have a structure to the day. It's just letting them choose what matters most to them. Uh, so that if they say, you know, I don't necessarily need to see a residence hall, I'm going to be a commuter student, that you don't spend 20 minutes at the residence hall looking at that. Uh, any data on the effectiveness of webinars? Yes, in the full results, uh, we have the results of virtual events. Uh, so you'll be able to see all those. This was just a very pared down, focused in, uh, so I don't spend an hour going over every possible result. Uh, but yes, we have all the information for all the different audiences on how virtual events work, uh, as well as college fairs. And one of the neat things with college fairs, um, we asked about what actually catches students' attention about college fair booths, what they what would make them go up and talk to a college. Uh, so that all that's available there as well. Um, for the influential channels, it didn't mention, mention social media, which they found odd. Uh, was there any feedback about how influential social media is to seniors and transfers? Not in this survey, because this is a survey of traditional recruiting tactics. Uh, that, what I was sharing there with the Comflow, 
Um, social media isn't really directed at a single student, uh, which is what we we're looking for with those. We do absolutely ask in every survey uh, more broadly about social media and which channels they're using for college search, um, how they're using it, is it influential? Um, it's usually pretty low on the influence. Uh, I can tell you off the top of my head here, the only channel that the majority of students use for college search is Instagram. Uh, we see that year in, year out. Um, but yes, uh, we didn't in this one because it was outside of the scope of it. Um, and another person saying social media. Yep, that was from a different survey. Uh, and Comflows, in my mind, social media is not part of a Comflow. It's an awareness channel, it's an engagement channel, but it's not targeted to the individual. Um, we, I think once or twice did ask uh, if they wanted direct messages or direct uh, communication on social media from a college and overwhelmingly it was no. Uh, so we stopped asking that one. Uh, but yes, social can influence students as an awareness channel. Uh, it lets them get that, that uh, insight into the campus, but it's not necessarily, it, I wouldn't consider it part of a Comflow either though. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions, uh, if there's any information you want, uh, if there's things that aren't in this survey, we likely have them in some of our others. And you can find all those uh, on the Enrollment Insights blog. So thank you so much to everybody for coming today. Have a great afternoon. Uh, and I hope you have a great yield season.